I think we've gotten so far away from what actually makes sense for our diet because we're hiding behind diet labels. We wanna jump to the next trendy diet. We wanna look at these influencers doing these specific diets and putting up pictures and getting big followings. Been there, done that. So what actually makes sense? In today's episode, I really wanna break down a few things that I think are important that are missing from most nutritional programs. So stay tuned. Welcome back. My name is Sarah. This is the Sarah Kleiner Wellness YouTube channel. And I'm also going to be posting this on my podcast, the Evolving Wellness Podcast. So this is a multi-view thing. So if you're watching on YouTube and you just want to plug in headphones and go listen to this on a podcast, head on over to the Evolving Wellness Podcast. It's available on Apple and Spotify. And if you're not already subscribed, please do that. But I wanted to briefly talk today about nutrition. And just kind of where I've come, if you've been on this channel for a while, you you know my history, some of my history with nutrition and, and where I've been. But the thing is, a lot of people are very attracted to extremes. I was one of those. And I was at a place for a while where I needed extreme. My gut was a complete mess. I was suffering from eczema. I was suffering from IBS. I was bloated all the time. I felt terrible. And I didn't want to go spend $2,000 to have my blood run with a functional medicine doctor and go through all of the things that people go through when they get to that point with their health, where they're just frustrated. They're not sleeping. They know their hormones are messed up, right? But a standard panel just really isn't showing anything. So that for me, it made sense to do a carnivore diet. And in the beginning, it worked tremendously for me. The bloating, the indigestion, everything was completely gone within a couple of weeks. And at the end of the 30 days, I just felt so good that I continued with it, right? Then I created my Instagram page. Then I began to kind of immerse myself in this carnivore community and the keto community, just a lot of really fabulous wonderful people, honestly. But I really fell into that world and down that rabbit hole. And what ended up happening for me was eventually my thyroid began to be affected. And there's a lot of people out there, and I'm going to talk about this in this episode as well, that just really talk a lot of trash about carnivore and about keto as if it has no value at all. And I think that that is wrong. And they're promoting a diet where you're eating multiple times a day. You should be snacking all of the time, eating fruit year round, high sugar fruits year round, drinking juices to help fix your metabolism, right? So a lot of these people kind of trash talk carnivore, keto and fasting, throw it out. It's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater and say, hey, if you want to heal your metabolism, do this. And if that works for you, if you're watching this and you're like, that worked for me, that was great, then awesome. But where I'm sitting as a clinician, as somebody that works with people as nutritionist, I have a lot of people that reach out to me also that don't necessarily even work with me or take my courses, but people reach out to me. I've had people that do low carb carnivore keto too long, right? Not necessarily low carb, but more keto and carnivore with fasting. They do it too long. They have their thyroid go a little bit low like me. My, my T3 went low. The resounding message in the keto and carnivore community, not not from everyone, but a lot of the larger influencers say that's okay. It's like you're becoming uh, insulin sensitive here with your thyroid. You're, you're thyroid sensitive, right? By the way, not necessarily a good or true thing. You're fine. But then these people are having symptoms of, of low thyroid, right? My biggest symptom was that I had picked up a lot of weight. 
um, about 20 pounds that I was unhappy with. And it didn't matter how much restriction, how much more keto, how much more carnivore that I did, how much more fasting that I did. I couldn't drop that weight. And I was struggling with infertility. I was not able to get and stay pregnant. And I really wanted to have my son. I wanted my miracle baby and I got him, but I had to change. I had to learn and I had to do things differently and jump out of the carnivore keto mindset completely and start to use some other therapies. My original point that I was going to is a lot of these people, they will tell you that you need to eat all these sugars and and fruits and eat six times a day. And then people do that. And unfortunately, they end up becoming leptin resistant, right? So a lot of them will gain 30, 40 pounds and they'll be told that's fine. It's part of the process. You're going to get better, feel better. But that doesn't happen for a lot of people that come to me. A lot of people come to me, they have picked up this extra 30, 40 pounds. They're not feeling good. They may have had some symptom relief in the beginning, right? But now they're kind of back where they started and they're starting to have some gut issues on top of all of that. The gut issues can come along with this. So what in the world makes sense? Like, how do we figure out, kind of get through the dogma to really find what works for us? And are all these strategies junk, trash? No, they're not. (laughs) Surprise, they're not. But the thing that these diets, carnivore keto included, they don't take into account your leptin, your level of leptin sensitivity. We talk all the time about insulin and how it's important to be insulin sensitive, but someone can not have insulin resistance, but be leptin resistant. That's where I was. So I had been carnivore for two straight years, doing a lot of fasting, had a lot of great benefits for my gut, for my skin. I mean, that's why I didn't quit mental health. Oh, wow. Yes. Amazing. Right. But I had become leptin resistant. I had low leptin. So a lot of the carnivore keto people are coming to me with low leptin, right? And they're overweight. So they're they're, when you're, when you're leptin resistant at all, the signal between the stored body fat or your stored energy on your body that could be stored in the liver as well. And your brain is not happening. It's dysfunctional, right? So there's, that's, there's not an exchange of energy happening. And so you never really get good satiety signals. Your cortisol is usually not in a good spot either. (laughs) And that affects all of your downstream hormones. So leptin is this master hormone that signals all the downstream hormones as well as your thyroid. So a lot of times leptin and thyroid, they're going to kind of play hand in hand. So I have one group of people that are kind of the carnivore keto people. They're maybe having a lot of relief from a lot of symptoms that used to just ruin their lives. And so they're really kind of married to the, the diet, yet they've gained weight, yet they've started to have some other symptoms, yet they're weight loss resistant, right? So there's like, okay, we're great. That's where I was, right? I'm great overall, but here I'm not able to get pregnant. I am struggling with this extra weight. So something, something's not right. Is the answer to swing over and start eating six times a day and eating 300 grams of carbs? I don't actually think that's a great idea for a lot of people. Again, if you're watching this or listening to this and you've done that and it's worked well for you, I'm not hating on you at all. Definitely not. I want everyone to feel their best and be as healthy as humanly possible. And that may look different for everyone. But what I found clinically is a different way. And that's why I've just created my quantum nutrition course. I want to go over a few of the things. I'll go over a lot of the things that are in that course today with you here on this episode. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for you. It is on promo through March the 15th, a a lower price presale. It's about 25% less if you buy it in this first month of presale. 
if you listen to this, you may be able to listen to this and just kind of like DIY it. Okay. You might be able to. So that's another reason I wanted to create this episode is because I know that not everyone can go out and just get a course, right? So hopefully there's some nuggets in here for you. You can take from the episode, maybe DIY a little bit. And then if you're like, hey, you know what? I just kind of want a program where this is all really laid out for me, organized, where I have access to it. PDF downloads can go back, re-listen to it, all those things, right? So a couple options for you. So let's let's talk a little bit about the way that I approach nutrition now. It's not cookie cutter. It is not one size fits all. It's really going to be based around a couple of things. Number one, your circadian and circannual rhythms, which I'll talk about, and also your level of leptin resistance. So as I mentioned, you may come into the nutrition program with low leptin and be overweight. Used to be a very rare, rare thing, but now a lot more people doing kind of keto carnivore diets. This is a situation happening more and more and more. You might come into the program and be low leptin and underweight, wanting to gain weight. You might come into the program, you've swung the other way, you've done high carb, right? And this is usually people who've also done more of like a, just a standard diet. They're struggling with insulin resistance, PCOS, a lot of these other hormonal issues. And that's where your your leptin is on the high side, okay? So this program will address all of that. If you're low leptin and you are underweight, I don't want you doing the keto structure. So the, the program has a keto section, a carnivore section, a low carb section, a moderate card section, people who are athletes, very active, right? So there's no dogma, but there is like an extensive section for each one of these dietary strategies. If you're low leptin underweight, I don't want you really doing the keto carnivore unless you have some sort of a specific medical condition that you're looking to heal, you know? Um, And I have a list of medical conditions in the program as well. So like IBS, mental disorders, there's a lot of research behind bipolar depression, all these types of mental issues and doing ketosis safely, right? And safely is the key here because I think that it can be done. I think it's helpful. It's amazing. But how do we do it in a way that we don't downregulate the thyroid and end up in a low leptin situation, right? So those people, low leptin, underweight, I'm not going to really push you towards keto carnivore unless you have a medical condition. And then we're going to look at really spending some time out of ketosis more regularly. If you're low leptin and you're overweight, and especially if you've been keto carnivore for a little while, I'm going to teach you how to do some carb cycling. I know it's crazy. (laughs) A lot of people hear that. No, I don't want to. Well, the kind of carb cycling that I teach is not cookies, candy, ice cream. We don't go to the bakery and go hog wild. Okay. That's not this program. I'm going to teach you about local and seasonal carbohydrates. And in the winter time, we got to be a little bit more creative. We're going to look more at your cellar, stable foods, you know, stuff that you can put in a cellar, stuff that would be stored, more ferments, more canned. And the program has a list of foods that are going to be appropriate more so for winter, more so for summer, how to find local foods and great websites for sourcing local food, which is important. So if you're going to do this carb cycling day, you're low leptin and you're overweight, I want you to maybe start with one day where you do that. And then if you want to do two, you can, but we have to get you out of the low leptin situation. And you're not going to be trying to eat in this giant surplus and eating tons of food. So there's a way to carb cycle without completely rocking the boat, throwing yourself into pain. How do you know that the carbs you're eating are right for you? You're going to utilize uh, blood sugar testing. Okay. So there's a module on that of how to test your blood sugar before your meal, 20 minutes. And then again, at the hour, you can do strategies like have a little apple cider vinegar before your meal, or even try some HCL if you have low stomach acid. 
and then walking for 20, 30 minutes after your meal, the the times where you've had those foods you're not used to, and then watching to see how your body feels. You're going to introduce stuff slowly. You're not going to just go out and have 50 different new foods in one day. You don't want to do that. It could really be harmful to your system. So there's a way to do this in a slow, nuanced way so that your body starts to build what's called metabolic flexibility. And that can kind of pull you out of that place with the thyroid. That's really what I had to do as a low leptin overweight person. I ended up losing 30 pounds, healing my thyroid and getting pregnant at age 42. Now you probably 95% of people listening to this podcast don't want to get pregnant, (laughs) but you have to have very good hormonal balance, very happy, healthy hormones in order to get pregnant. So that's why I throw that out there a lot when I talk about this topic. If you want to know if your hormones are optimized or not, try to get and stay pregnant. And then then you'll know, are my hormones in a good spot or not, right? So many women struggle with PCOS, infertility. I mean, the rates are alarmingly high. And none of these fertility doctors ever look at leptin levels. Okay. So the quantum nutrition program, we do a lot of work around leptin and and becoming leptin sensitivity. And if you're wondering, leptin signals insulin. So if you're already insulin resistant, this is going to tackle insulin resistance. It's actually a stronger arm than just looking at things through like insulin resistance, because a lot of times people will do that in the keto carnivore community. They end up wrecking their leptin from doing things like coffee for breakfast, right? And not eating every day till noon and not respecting the circadian and circannual nature of your body. We are different 365 days a year. The sun is at a different angle in the sky 365 days a year. So another, let me talk a little bit about the high leptin overweight folks, how we look at them. And then I'm going to talk about the circadian and circannual nature of food and sunlight and how that plays into program as well. Okay. So if you come to me with high leptin overweight, you're not going to jump straight down to zero carbs. You're not going to jump straight down to keto. That could be very, very stressful on your body and really just say, I'm not, it make you feel terrible. And then you're going to give up. The thing I don't want people to do is give up. So we're going to approach things a lot slower if you're in that boat. Okay. So if you're eating 300 grams of carbs a day, you're insulin resistant, you're 30, 40 pounds overweight because you've jumped to this other boat then you're going to go down slowly, right? So if you're at 300, then maybe we go to 250 week one, then maybe we go to 200, then maybe 150, 100, right? So we go slowly. You don't just rip the bandit off because that could really, really stress out your body. And part of what creates leptin resistance is your cortisol and melatonin patterns are totally, totally incorrect. That creates most hormonal problems, by the way. A lot of programs, a lot of people look at things through like progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, DHEA, you know, they separate all these hormones out when what influences all of these hormones is actually leptin, melatonin, and cortisol. So address those first. And then you may not need to take a bunch of supplements and do all these special protocols for estrogen dominance or low testosterone. If you approach things from the top down with these three master hormones, cortisol, melatonin, and leptin, which the quantum nutrition program does a really great job of helping you set up your entire lifestyle to do that, then it's going to affect all those downstream hormones in a very positive way. So again, high leptin overweight, you are going to look at slowly lowering carbs down and doing that in a local seasonal way. So again, 
I got a summer food list. I got a winter food list. This is going to be different for wherever you live. So somebody doing this program in Costa Rica is going to have a lot more abundance of simple sugar fruits and, you know, foods than somebody in Canada would. But there are still options for people in Canada who are doing this in the wintertime and they still need to have some carbohydrates. We need to shift you more over to local seasonal. Okay. Why? So, all right. So that's, that's the mechanism of how we're going to get things down. The program's going to lay out kind of this checklist that you go through for your day, which includes your lifestyle, includes the circadian setting, which is hugely, hugely important, which I'm about to talk to. But for weight loss, there's a whole section on how to lose weight with the quantum nutrition program, low leptin or high leptin. We address both. But that's kind of the mechanism that we do it in. Why the heck is it so important for us to eat locally and seasonally? So first of all, let's talk about the body. Let's talk about these hormones. I have had probably a couple... I don't know, a couple hundred women at this point either email me or DM me or message on comments on Instagram to say, hey, Sarah, I started doing this circadian work that you had me do. Very simple. Couple minutes at sunrise, naked eyes before you get on your phone screen, few minutes in the UVA light. So when the sun is between zero and 10 degrees, you can use the D-Minder app to understand where this is in your location because it's different for everybody. Or the Circadian Life app. Those apps are both great. You're going to get out there and get those hormones set at that specific time. So sunrise is telling your body, turn off melatonin. Let's start turning on cortisol in a gradual, natural way. So yes, we want cortisol to rise in the morning. But if we're looking at our screen and slamming the coffee, it's going to go up too high. That's going to lead to blood sugar crashes. It's going to lead to issues later in the day, again, because it's going to mess up your cortisol patterns. So cortisol has a beautiful pattern that it's supposed to follow, as does melatonin. When you're constantly skipping the breakfast, when you're constantly fasting every day, till one or two in the afternoon, this will eventually create a cortisol problem. It may not happen right away. If you're younger and you're more mitochondrial, your mitochondria is more healthy, this will happen slower for you. If your mitochondria is not as healthy, then it's going to happen quicker, but it will happen. And then that's going to mess up your melatonin. You're going to start having issues sleeping, right? So a lot of people are telling me I'm doing this morning routine. My cycle synced back up. It's back to 28 days. All of a sudden, I'm sleeping better, and they're blocking blue light at night as well. So they're using blue blockers after sunset to block the artificial light at night. So a lot of people are telling me, hey, I'm doing this, and oh my gosh, my hormones are better, and I haven't even started changing my food yet. <laughs> so our bodies are meant to sync up with light. How in the world do you think that we got to where we are as a species? We were living outdoors. We are very connected to the earth for many, 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 many years before our modern lives, which there's a lot of great things to our modern lives, but we've become disconnected from those cycles. Our bodies are 99% water molecule. And when you look at the moon, the different phases of the moon, what that does to affect the ocean, why would our bodies be any different, right? So we're synced up to sun and moon cycles. We should be. And that directly affects our hormones, not to mention UVA light when the sun is between 10 and 30 degrees, getting that natural light into your eyes, again, helps to regulate cortisol so it doesn't get too high or too low, right? It's a great regulator of cortisol and it's going to help with your pregnenolone, which is your master sex hormone. So when you are out in that UVA light, you are going to have pregnenolone release that's going to affect thyroid hormone release that's going to affect all the sex hormones, all the downstream hormones, and they're going to release at the specific time at the right amounts. That's also going to help your neurotransmitters, your dopamine, your serotonin. So a lot of people that are struggling with food obsession, 
food addiction, they find that these bursts of morning light, you don't have to even stay out all day or all morning. Five minutes here, five minutes there. Get as much as you can. Always see sunlight before you look at your screen as much as you can. Or if you got to be on your screen, put on a pair of blue blockers. Okay. This can be very regulating to the hormones as well as to the appetite. The other thing that's important, no matter what dietary strategy you follow or what your background is, is understanding that food is a secondary circadian signal. It's a zeitgeiber. Okay. So eating that breakfast with protein and fat, even if you want to lose weight, if you want to fast, we're going to wait till you have an appetite correction, which will happen. Okay. I promise it may take a little bit longer for some people, but you're going to have that breakfast with protein and fat to start your day because that's also going to help with the cortisol. It's going to stabilize your blood sugar. There's actually a recent study that showed a breakfast with adequate protein and fat, right? And not a lot of carbs. So I don't like a lot of carbs at breakfast. If you're used to eating carbs at breakfast, you'll still have a little bit, but not a ton, right? And you're not going to just eat oatmeal for breakfast or have that oatmeal oat milk latte. That's a big no-no. <laughs> there are no oat milk trees anywhere or, or cows, oat milk cows. Is that a thing? Anyway, <laughs> not a thing guys. And very, very bad for your blood sugar. So the study that I just read recently said that that breakfast, the protein and fat stabilizing your blood sugar in the morning actually sets your cortisol, blood sugar, adrenals, all those things up for the next 36 hours. So these things are super, super powerful at helping to re-regulate those cortisol melatonin patterns. Why is melatonin so important? Because leptin, this hormone that I keep talking about over and over again, right, is so important for you to have adequate melatonin because leptin is supposed to dock to the hypothalamus, come to your brain, have this conversation while you're sleeping at night. Insulin competes with leptin. So if you've eaten too late, if you eat something that's got your insulin up, leptin cannot dock to the hypothalamus and you can't have that download, that, that exchange of information of here's, this is how much stored energy is on my body. And, you know, I, I tomorrow output this much energy and intake this much energy. That's supposed to happen naturally for us. That's why sleep is so, so important. And that's why not eating close to bed is so, so important. So another thing I have people do, don't eat super close to bed and wear your blue blockers because light stimulates the release of cortisol. Blue light at night tells your body, we're still awake. It's still the middle of the day. I need to keep you awake. I need to keep you alive. Make cortisol. So people are watching TV and on their phones, and I'm not saying you can't do that, but wear a pair of blue blockers, maybe buy a screen to put over your TV. And that is going to help your body start to make melatonin, start to get you in that mode to make melatonin so that you can fall asleep and that leptin can dock to the hypothalamus, right? And now we haven't even gotten into the importance of food and how that, so food is another light signal. We think about food as like a diet program and, you know, we get so dogmatic. And I think looking at food through the lens that I have it laid out in my nutrition program is really going to help you to have some aha moments. Light grows our food. <laughs> the UV index in the winter is different than it is in the summer. So under UVB, which for a lot of people in the northern latitude in the winter, UVB can grow some amazing simple sugar fruits, right, that are designed to go bad quickly. And our microbiome actually, and I have got studies in my program as well to kind of talk about this and back this up, the microbiome shifts in response to light. So in strong UVB light, your microbiome actually changes 
as it does in the winter time in response to light, it actually changes so that your body is more able to digest these simple sugar fruits in the summertime under UVB light, your eyes and skin are getting this signal. Oh, microbiome changes. There's multiple scientific studies to show that this actually happens <laughs> and red light actually changes our red and infrared light changes the microbiome as well. A lot of scientific studies to show that as well. So we're not even taking this into account. We're just following into these diet camps. So in the nutrition program, again, I'm going to explain this in a lot more depth, but what you need to know is the reason why eating seasonally and locally is so important is because it contains the light code. Your body, your eyes, your skin are always searching for information, what time of day it is, what time of year it is, and then they're going to make hormones based on that information. So if you're stuck inside on a TV screen or phone screen all the time, right? You're net, and you can do that. You can have a job and be on a phone. You probably, there's some mitigation techniques that you'll want to use. You can get my free guide to using blue blockers to understand that better, totally free. You can live a modern life, but you got to take breaks every hour or so, every couple hours to see natural light and make sure you're getting that natural light from the sun at those key times, sunrise and UVA. And doing it every day, even if it's cloudy, even if it's rainy, even if there's trees or buildings, any of that stuff in the way, you are still going to get the signal that your body needs to know the time of day and the time of year because our body makes our hormones and different organ systems operate on this 24-hour-ish clock. And even further scientific research shows our hormones are different in the summer than they are in the winter. And hormone production begins in the eye. You can look further into this again in my program. Or you can go to Dr. Jack Cruz's blog. He's written a ton on this, a ton, a ton. Just to FYI, you probably need... Um, <laughs> You're going to need some time and patience to understand a lot of this. It's very scientific, but he does a great job of linking scientific studies for all of this, because I think a lot of people hear it and they're like, no way, no way. My eye controls hormone production. The light on my skin can controls my microbiome. No way. This doesn't even make sense, but it does. And why wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it make sense? That's how our species got here, right? So this circadian nature and the nature of sunlight and how it affects our food and what foods are going to be more ideal for you to eat in the summer versus the winter. That's what my program is really based around and using different nutritional strategies. So using some keto or carnivore, if you want to, no one has to go carnivore. It's not a requirement in the program at all. I did list some medical conditions that it can help with, but you don't have to, you don't even have to go keto in the program, right? But all those strategies are listed out with ways of how to know they're working for you to reintroduce foods, to do some carb cycling. How do I know it's time for a carb cycling day? Well, just a little sneak preview. If you're doing keto or you're doing carnivore and you begin to have trouble sleeping, that's usually the first sign that it's it's maybe time to try a carb cycle day. It's time to do just one day and to do it carefully and slowly, not to go. And again, we're not going to the bakery to go crazy. We are just going to have something seasonal can play around with resistant starches. I've got a section on that as well. And then fasting, right? So I have a whole section on fasting. When is fasting appropriate for you? When is it not appropriate for you? Who should fast? Who should not fast? Okay. Whole section on fasting because it can be a really powerful thing. And a lot of people look at my work and they assume I'm anti-fasting. I'm not. I'm anti-messing up your cortisol by chronically skipping breakfast and having the coffee for breakfast. That's where the problem comes in. A lot of people can, as they go through the program, have this appetite correction 
and they may not be hungry for dinner and they don't eat it and that's okay. And your body can get into deeper states of repair and you don't ever want to force the fasting either. Again, it will, it should happen naturally after your leptin begins to correct, right? The other thing that's in this program is talking about the infradian rhythm. So for women, certain times of the month, keto, you're going to need to be more careful, carnivore, more careful, fasting, way more careful, right? And if you are a menopausal woman, you still follow this infradian rhythm. Women still have this cycle sync up with the moon. So this infradian section is not just for my women of reproductive age. It's for my women that are peri and postmenopausal as well. Strategies for those people as well. Okay. Men can kind of get away with a little bit more stuff, but in the program I do have, like, if you're having trouble sleeping, if your energy is low, let's try, let's try carb cycle day. Let's see. And I have the craziest thing for me that really turned me on to this because I was super against carb cycling period. When I was like carnivore keto, I was like, I'm going to have food addiction issues. I'm going to binge. I'm going to feel bad. And none of that happened to me when I stuck to whole food carbohydrates and I did them in this kind of methodical way. And I didn't go 300. You want to start off low and slow if you're not used to eating carbohydrates, right? So there's a way to do this. But for me, it was shocking that when I did the whole circadian lifestyle, so that's a part of it too. You can't just do the food. You can, but you're not, your results are not going to be as good <laughs> if you just do the food. So I'm in the program, I really do a great job of laying out how to do your whole lifestyle. But if you do the whole lifestyle, I was shocked that I, I the first month I didn't really lose anything. My body was adjusting. My first, first thing that happened for me was my sleep improved. Then my energy improved. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. I haven't slept through the night in years. Then the appetite correction happened. And then that second month, I lost 30 pounds within a, in a month. Now that may not happen for you. I'm different. You know, we're all different. But it's happened for a lot of people who've done just my 21-day leptin reset that doesn't have this much in-depth nutritional information. So 21-day leptin reset is an amazing program if you just need an overall program for your lifestyle for leptin. This quantum nutrition program is like if you really want to play around with, with different nutritional strategies, if you've been carnivore keto for a long time, you want more help and understanding on carb cycling, or if you've been super high carb and you want to safely take it down, work on insulin resistance, metabolic flexibility, all those things without stressing out your body and without down-regulating your metabolism, your thyroid, that's what this program does. So it, I really try to do a great job of encompassing all these strategies and, and letting you have some freedom to move around in all of those because I don't think any, you know, you can, if you want to be carnivore or keto forever and you feel good, please do, by all means do. But I've had so many people come to me and, and my own personal experience with this downregulation of metabolism and thyroid that I think that these need to be used strategically, that they're still fabulous, but we have to be strategic and careful with them. And the answer is not to to swing the other way for for most people, right? If you're young, if you are athletic, if you're into like a lot of working out and you've got a lot of muscle, sure, go super high carb, go for it. But 88% of people in this country, in the US are metabolically unhealthy to begin with. And they don't need to be killing themselves with tons and tons and tons of carbs all day long, right? They will have eventually blood sugar issues that leads to leptin resistance. And you can become leptin resistant before you become insulin resistant, which is on your way to diabetes, type 2 diabetes, which is a huge problem in this country. So you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you're so dogmatic. And even, even though I've just explained all of this to hopefully take the dogma out, 
I still look at the lens as most people are not metabolically healthy enough to be eating, you know, 300, 400 grams of carbs, and they're not outputting the physical amount of energy to be eating those. They don't have the muscle on their body, right? So that again is explained in the program for people who are athletes and do have that muscle. It's a small section because I know it's a small section of people, but I do address it. So long story short, that's really what this new quantum nutrition program is going to talk about. I'm going to keep talking about it more on the platform. I'll keep trying to do these little short podcasts, these informational videos to help people understand things from this lens rather than getting so trapped into diet dogma kind of following influencers and thinking it's the be all end all and then feeling like crap if it doesn't work out for them. Like I must be doing something wrong when maybe you're not. Maybe it's maybe you're not doing something wrong. Maybe it's just that your body is this light being. You need to be eating <laughs> in accordance to time of day, season, your level of leptin sensitivity, understand leptin resistance. All of those things come into play rather than just like that's good, that's bad, right? I want to I really want to do away with black and white thinking because I think that allows people to have more freedom also. So if you enjoyed this, please make sure to share it with anybody who you think could be helped. And remember that quantum nutrition program is going to be at a lower price starting March or February 15th. And that's going to end on March 15th. And it's still going to be a great price. I, I showed this to a few of my colleagues. They told me I should be charging double what I'm charging for the course but I want to keep it accessible for people. And I know not even people can afford the accessible piece. So I will, I'll continue to make free content like this for people also. I also have a private membership group. So if you do take the course and you're like, I just have questions, I need support. My membership group is $20 a month. Again, super affordable for people who need a little more help. The program is very, very extensive, covers a lot of things, but that's also an option. And I'll link that in the show notes for you as well. If you do the program and you want a little more help, or if you just want to come join my community, I do a live stream every Friday. I answer questions. I am very involved in that group. I'm in there every day answering questions. I love my members. And some people have been there with me for the last two years. And it's just a great group. So I really hope this was helpful. And I will talk with you again soon. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.